Welcome to Library Media Chatter, the podcast that took an extra two months of summer break. Greg, it's good to be back. Uh, what did you do with your extra two months away from the uh, An extra two months? Well, this is the October episode. So. That's right. That's right. Well, what did I do with my extra two months? I don't know. It was... I feel like I've just been living my daily life. We didn't do much over the summer. It was just so nice. It was wonderful. Yeah, yeah. it was it. great. Yeah, what about you? Uh, I read a ton. Uh, oh, nice. Still in this Denny O'Neill committee, there were two yeah. months where I read as many days. I read as many books as there were days in the month. Oh, nice. So that was... Uh, I like that. Yeah, it was, a, it was a lot. It was good. It was a solid summer. Good start to the school year. So, have far. you started to like dream in graphic novel format? Oh, Do you see panels? <laughs> <laughs> well, I like the the implication is that previous to this year, I've been dreaming in just prose. Yeah, across. Yeah, <laughs> I don't, like I the don't rest of us, Dan. Yeah, yeah, like like everyone. I'm just reading my dreams to myself. Yeah. <laughs> and then Dan runs away from Freddy Krueger. <laughs> down a, oh, street, a hallway that never ends. Or okay, we're doing a sharp turn here to probe into this little dream. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot. Readers, listeners, uh, yeah. chatterboxes, stay tuned. No, There's a lot readers, to be explored. I think most people consume this via transcript, Yeah, if I had well, to guess. Again, like their dreams. They're used <laughs> like to it dreams. from yeah. dreaming. Everything yeah. is consumed in this way. Yes. All right, Greg, October's National Reading Group Month. I'm sure you knew that. I'm sure you were you were prepared and for this I question. Did. <laughs> and I did. <laughs> so I had a few a few different questions lined up uh-huh. uh, to kick us off on this one, but I decided to go with um, what just what's your best reading with a group story? Well, you were an English gonna, teacher, so that might. I was help. just going to say I'm going to open that one up to the classroom and <laughs> go back to my classroom days. And the uh, low-hanging fruit would be how every time we read uh, Of Mice and Men as a group, someone inevitably spoiled the ending, right? I mean, mm. like, that was... Yes. There was just no way to get through that book without someone ruining it for everyone. But my other favorite was... Uh, and you'll you'll probably remember this when I was teaching with Ashley Egebrecht, uh, and we were teaching Romeo and Juliet, and I just felt this obligation, as I'm sure you have, uh, to explain to those students what a wet nurse was. Nope. <laughs> nope. Not once. I never explained the opening where they're the, the are they Montague's or Capulets or discussing yeah. whatever they would do to the other's women. And never yes. once did I talk about never, any of that. Well, listen, missed opportunities yeah. all around for those 14-year-olds. <laughs> I mean... So all I'm going to say, I'm just going to leave it there. But okay. for those who want to know the rest of the story, yeah, come find me at Mazel, <laughs> fall or spring conference, your choice. There you go. And yep. uh, not summer, because I can't commit to summer. I And I will tell you what happened, because it was really, it was fantastic. I feel like there's a chance that that works its way into our title for this month's episode. <laughs> the universal obligation. Yeah, yeah. The, the <laughs> listeners will know before we know. <laughs> All right. What about you? Your best reader reading um, with a group experience? When I yeah. was teaching, maybe my second or third year teaching, I was teaching honors. We were doing To Kill a Mockingbird and we got to the end. And this is a pretty small class, maybe like 15, 16 kids. Mm-hmm. The kid raised his hand when we're like talking through before we were getting whatever we were getting to. What questions still linger? What are those things out there that you were like, 
I think I understand this, but maybe I'm missing this or I might have whatever. And a kid raised his hand and I, I remember his name. I'm not going to say it now. I don't know. It's one of the few like first and last names that I remember of a kid. And she made an impression. Cried. It sounds this, like. this story did. And I don't, I, I'm sure other people have had this issue, but he just, he raised his hand and as earnest as he could be, he goes, Dill's black, right? And the whole class just kind of stops. I'm like, what are you talking about? Dill? <laughs> Their friend who like he's described as like being like ghostly pale and hair yeah. as white as duck fluff and whatever. It's like, wait, is is he not black? <laughs> like he isn't. It's okay. Like I if, if you missed that description, if your brain just kind of like skipped over that when you read it. And they like, well, listen, I don't know, but that one for listen, oh, that kid is living in the, uh, his best and most advanced life to yeah. not just presume any character is automatically white. That yeah. is, you that's, know, that's fair. He is, that yeah, is, he is fantastic. He is the one post racial human yes. being on the planet yes. and, and just not his... the best reader no by any means. no but it was <laughs> it was an awesome like it came up oh, several times fantastic. throughout the year where kids are like yeah. hey i have a question <laughs> like, no, no, no. <laughs> no not gonna keep going there that's fantastic oh. all right greg from group reading to individual reading <laughs> the people have been waiting four yes. months since our last episode yeah. oh my goodness what are you reading Okay, I'm going to recommend this. It's uh, called The Drifter, and it's by Nick Petrie. It is a thriller, and it is it is not a YA book, but it would be perfectly appropriate in a high school library. There's not any um, inappropriate, or there's really no sexual content, and the violence is minimal. The, the language is, I think, what you would find even in YA-style okay. books. But it's it, you know a good, fast-paced thriller, and I don't feel like there's a lot of YA thrillers with male protagonists. I feel like there's a lot of YA thrillers with female protagonists. Yep. And so if you're looking for something with a male protagonist, it's uh, it deals with, you know, uh, he's a Marine who's a veteran and struggling explicitly throughout the book with PTSD okay. while he tries to solve the disappearance of his, uh, well, it's a, several different things. But I just feel like it would be a good fit for a school library for boys who have an interest in the military, right? Who, or who are just looking for a male protagonist to read about. Yeah. And then having appropriate content makes it kind of a bonus, you know? So you feel like April Henry should be writing books like The Boy in the <laughs> Van or The Boy in the Woods or some of those we need. Yeah. Well, I feel like they'd be real, real easy switches. She could yeah. double her output by selling yeah. two books. Oh. And Think it could like find and replace. So like Stephanie Meyer's been doing that with the Twilight yeah. books going back and kind of yeah. reimagining in different ways. Yeah. What if she just did that? Yeah, just find and replace all of the male the pronouns with female and female. With, yeah. I think there's a lot. there. We've got a million dollar idea. She's well read in my libraries. Um, yes. Mostly from a female audience, though. So I think yes. if she put Adam Henry on the cover At, and, oh, or man. Henry April. Henry. Oh April. man! Whoa! And now she's got two income it. streams. Yeah. That'd be huge because hey. the people that are looking for April Henry books yeah. are not looking for Henry April books. Those no. aren't sitting next yeah. to each other on the That's, shelves. You just doubled no your idea. Yeah, yeah. Okay, April, April. That was a free tip for yeah. you. You just feel free to. 
I'm sure she's a big listener. That's my. <laughs> I'm sure she's. It's like every author I talk about yeah. on here. I'm sure I'm terrified at one point they're actually going to listen to us. So. Oh, someday you're going to have a, yeah. a author come to speak, and they're like, I, I just wanted to. They're on the stage, like I just want to point out, longtime chatterbox. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think at that point you'd have to retire. You just go. That's it. Yeah. I'm just podcasting <laughs> for life. I can't do oh, any real job I, anymore. <laughs> be amazing amazing i'm i'm signing me up yeah it's gonna happen okay what about you okay what about you what have you um, been reading i am currently reading unequal by michael eric dyson and mark favreau uh it's one of the high school dogwoods for okay. this year yeah it was it's so i didn't know what to expect i when i when i looked at the cover i didn't necessarily like the little blurb on the cover didn't give me a whole lot and i didn't do a lot of i mean it's a dog yeah. i'm gonna read it um yeah it's basically like a kind of a chronological collective biography of figures throughout um, American history, mostly, I think almost exclusively uh, post-Civil War, um, dealing with the different fights in the fight for equality um, throughout American history. Okay. So it's, and it's not okay. all names that you've heard. There are some names that are very, like there's a Martin Luther King chapter um there are there are several yeah. chapters of people that you'd be familiar with but there were some that i was less familiar even some that i didn't even know the name um and kind of getting a story on uh housing segregation or uh inequalities in in just different aspects of life um has been pretty good like i was i was really pleased as i was reading mm -hmm. it that not only do i think this would work just as like a good piece of reading because Yes, it runs together because it's chronological. It's working its way and kind of building. But you could also go like, I'm going to read this one section and then set it down for a while. Or I'm going to teach this mm -hmm. one yeah. portion or use this as an example for kids uh, and go from there. So it was, I'm, I try not to do like Dogwoods and, and um, Gateways in this particular uh, you are spot not off the to show. a good start. I know. I, well, it's been four months and I had no other <laughs> options. I, I was reading so many books I couldn't think of a, a different. Uh, but I, like, it was, it really struck me as like, what an interesting way to write this story. Yeah. Um, and so I, I wanted to share that as a like, hey, don't forget this is out there if you have not read it or if you saw it and thought the Dogwoods, especially in high school, have done a lot of um, mm -hmm. civil rights books and a lot of inequality books and a lot of things mm -hmm. dealing with racial justice. Um, that if you felt like, well, this might be like some of the other ones, it it didn't feel and it doesn't feel. I'm still in the I'm near the end of it. Yeah. Um, it does not feel like all of the other books. If you've like categorized that way in your head. Oh, nice. So, yeah, that one was a winner for me. No, that's great. Um, which means now we can't talk about it later because I've already done it here, which means there will not well, be a future episode dedicated yeah, no. to this book. <laughs> yeah, that's, so, that's done. So we're going to need a minute to regroup since I just ruined our plans for the future. And yeah. we're going to take yeah. a quick commercial break. This episode is brought to you by the Dewey Decimal number 510 which means it's time for the game that is all trick and no treat. <laughs> Do we know our Dewey? I'm going to name books with call numbers that start 510, and Greg is going to guess what that section is all about. Highlights from this Dewey number include Weird Math. A teenage genius and his teacher reveal the strange connections between math and everyday life, 
by David J. Darling. Humble Pie, When Math Goes Wrong in the Real World by Matt Parker. It's a Numberful World, How Math is Hiding Everywhere, From the Crown of a Tree to the Sound of a Sine Wave by Eddie Wu. And The Math of Life and Death, Seven Mathematical Principles that Shape Our Lives by Kit Yates. Greg, I think you've got us. But what is the theme of this section? Oh, there's a lot of pressure. I I mean, I just feel like I have to go for the most obvious one and say math. It is. It is, yes. in fact. Yeah. Yeah. This season started off on the right foot. Yes. Well done. <laughs> Dewey, Dewey sent us this in <laughs> earlier this week, and they, they said, you know what? It's been a little while. We don't want Greg to appear very rusty. So right. let's get him one right. that we think he's got, and you nailed it. Real softball, but I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, all great. of these books, as I was like looking through them and we were ordering them, we most of these were pretty new purchases for us. Yeah. Um, fascinating sounding books, like reading the blurbs and the yeah. types of things that they talk about in them. Uh, not very not math textbook, very math. Like, did you consider X, yeah. Y, and Z and kind of going from there? I can like picture the kinds of kids who would enjoy these books. Yes. I know, I mean, and I'm always looking for stuff to offer to our math department. So these all sound awesome. Yeah. So that's out there. Thank you to Dewey number 510 <laughs> for sponsoring this episode. <laughs> Welcome back to the podcast. You are back in time as if you just picked this up in the middle of the episode for Greg's favorite segment of October. What are you doing? Greg, what are you oh, doing? Well, well, we are really trying to come up with some uh, strong passive programming for our library this year. And so uh, we've made some gains there. We have uh, kind of of necessity changed the layout of some of our, like at the front of our library, we used to have a big computer station there. <clears throat> and then someone decided... I don't know who. It's a great question. But someone decided that no one needs to print or use desktops anymore. (laughs) So, okay. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, so they took away the bank of computers that we had right there. So you walked um, in this summer and you went, what are you doing? Well, it was like in a different way. Yeah. Yeah. What are you (laughs) what are you doing? Anyway, so we're going to put some display furniture. There's some display cubes that we are ordering from Demco. So Demco, feel free to send me that kickback for the <laughs> mansion. And then, but our kind of passive programming is we've been trying, some, among other things, some different makerspace opportunities. And we are easing into it with one of those stick together um, yeah. that we just leave out. And we have not done one. I haven't done one because I started the year of the pandemic. And so we'd kind of put away all of these things. And I am just so pleased to see how many kids and teachers stop to put a sticker or two on there as they walk by. And people seem to think it's really cool. We have others from previous years hung up around the library and they like seeing those. And so um, we're not going to do that every month. We're going to vary our programming, but um, this one's been a big hit. That's awesome. And they're affordable, just as a side note. Those yeah. stick-togethers are not expensive. Yeah, uh, You can also get them digitally. You can do yes. digital stick-togethers on your website or Canvas page or wherever you have a digital footprint. Um, yes. And then, like, but you can limit the number of stickers that can be put on in a day by one kit. Like, so if I right. log in from this IP address, 
I can only put five or 50 or, I mean, five would be pretty rough. <laughs> you can only do, well, we, sorry. We did do those during the pandemic because yeah. yeah, it was such a great option. And at the first couple, we didn't know about that option. And so oh, there would awesome. be like two kids that finished it in the yeah. first day. We're like, yeah, yeah, got it. Thank you. And I like that you guys are trying passive programming instead of your typical passive aggressive programming. Yeah, passive aggressive has worked really well for yeah. us. Yeah, but we just we branching out. Branch, we just want to branch out. I think it's good. I'm proud of you. Thank you. All right. What are you doing? Um, I'm doing a lot of shivering and sweating. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Which is maybe not uh, that abnormal. Malaria. Library spaces. Yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, we got new HVAC. In one ah. of my libraries, which is great, ah. as uh, I hope, uh, as <laughs> time goes on and we can control <laughs> it a little bit better. Uh, but it, we kind of like you come dressed for whatever, and then mm-hmm. you end up adding five layers or removing said yeah. layers, and and you just got to be ready to go every time. I'm up and moving. I'm like, I don't need this jacket. I was doing a lesson the other day, and I had a jacket on, and I started talking, and I'm like, wow. I, Sandy brought in this like, I don't know, I don't. It's some kind of thermometer thing that you can visually see like the thing falls in water, so you know it's getting warmer. <laughs> and I looked over, I'm like, no, it's not just me. It is getting warmer. So okay. I take the jacket off, and then five minutes later, still doing the same lesson, whatever, still walking around. I'm like, I am freezing. And <laughs> on. listen, I don't know. I wanted some data on this because you are a gentleman of a certain age, and I feel yes. like oh, very this is also. True symptomatic yes no i um i am somebody that runs cold Uh so i am never just complaining that it's cold it's that it's the inconsistency and we're hoping that that new hvac is gonna really shine through as time goes on and it gets used to our system i guess or our room i'm Um, i'm sure it will (laughs) we're all just you know we all just need to get together we're all just trying to get on the same page yeah um and with the temperature outside regulating a little bit more and not being 112 um hopefully things will like the clothes that i need for outside will match the clothes that i need for inside (laughs) a little bit better and we'll kind of see how life goes. I'm sure there's been some librarianship going on uh, as well. Yeah. But what I'm remembering yeah. is that that's I'm doing a lot of shivering here, and sweat. They no, wanted to know true. about what's going on with us. Yes. Our lives. Yes. Yeah. Our internal <laughs> temperatures. Our internal temperatures. <laughs> how, how our bodies are holding up to the aging process. Yeah. Uh, not this well. is really like an, a, a potpourri podcast. It's not... It's like a little bit stuck of with an elderly relative and you just at a holiday meal, you yeah. just can't get away. Yeah. No, yeah. that's true. I need yeah. just a big chunky cardigan. Oh yeah. Uh, and I I think I'd be better off. But then a tank top for some well, times. And nobody wants that. <laughs> or maybe fewer tank tops. <laughs> oh no, no, not tank top, Greg. All right. No, I think I think that one's gonna be a pass. Okay. Well, let's take that as our cue then to move into the reader's nook. Oh my goodness! This month <laughs> in the nook, we are talking about what beauty there is by Corey Anderson. It's a Gateway nominee for this year. I, well, I'll, let's start. I'll just read the summary and then we can dive in instead of me giving an opinion before anybody has any idea what we're talking <laughs> about. Living in harsh poverty during a brutal Idaho winter. Jack searches for the drug money that sent his father to prison in order to keep his brother out of foster care, while Ava, under the control of her merciless father, makes a wrenching choice to help the brothers survive. Greg, 
other than this being an easy nominee for the Barnsey Award for Worst Parenting, <laughs> what are your thoughts on well, this particular I was say, novel? Do you want to go first, or I, I'd be, I'll be happy no, to go first. No, you dive right in. I love this book. I think it is my favorite YA book, not just of the year, but ever. I mean, wow. I, yeah, it is. And I'll tell you why. Like, I the story is heartbreaking yes. and difficult, but... It is so well written. It felt I I can't believe this is a debut novel because it is so good. And um, unlike a lot of YA fiction, which tends to just like spoon feed you about what's going on, like. And then I was so sad because she was mean to me, you know, I mean, like that's basically like just this constant internal narration (laughs) of everyone's experience like this almost goes maybe too far the opposite in places I could see students struggling with this because um so it's just so subtle and indirect about how it communicates to you what's happening in the internal lives of these characters and but I think that's also what makes it beautiful I mean uh I would teach this book in a heartbeat I would put it in the hands of anybody who would sit still long enough for me to give it to I Loved it. And I also think it is not going to be very popular because <laughs> uh, I, before I even read it, someone, in, another librarian told me that she hated it and it was the worst one of the year. And I thought, oh, that's too bad. I was looking forward to that. And it is not like most YA novels. And yeah. so I think that people who prefer that type of writing and those types of stories are probably not going to be turned off by it. So, yeah. okay, what do you think? No, so I will not go as far as you went, it, it, it does not make my favorite list, Yeah, but uh, you are spot on with the, this being a much more mature debut novel mm-hmm. than you would expect. I loved every chapter starting with the italicized kind mm-hmm. of, and it takes you a while to figure out who this is and what they're yeah. talking about uh, yeah. before you get to, I let's call it the main thrust of the narrative. Right. Um, and there were times when when you mentioned that kids might struggle or that there might be readers uh, of any age that may struggle. There were moments when I was reading it as I got because it like it's not like a movie where I'm sitting there and I'm I'm reading it all in one sitting. Right. So there were times when I would get a little bit later on and go, hold on a minute. And I'm flipping back to the earlier chapters to find that narration, that that opening yeah. italicized section to go. Okay, no, I think this is what's okay. I'm like and piecing yeah. it together, unexpected in so many ways. It did not yeah. go the directions that I thought it would go. No one in this story comes off as like what an amazing or what a terrible or what or whatever. Everybody's a complicated yeah. character. Yes. Um, and has complicated reasons for doing the things that they're doing. Yeah, I any kind of quibble as far as like plot things would go are the things where I when people bring them up, I'm like, so you're saying that the book should have ended on page seven or like this just shouldn't be a novel because right. your your problem is the plot contrivance <laughs> of this person doing something that you're like, I doubt that they'd be able to do that. Right. Like, well, right. it's a book. So right. welcome yes. to reading. Right, <laughs> right, but no objection to the blade of secrets, magical sword. Yes. Right. Well, that's it. Yes. Yeah. Like if I yeah. set up my world where it's all fantastical and it's all whatever, then right. the person can endure anything, and they endure can they can survive the right all yes. the stuff. Yeah. And 
if you put this in a realistic world where yes, things are way heightened and it's hopefully this kind of thing has never actually happened, but I guess it probably has. Um, and you're just like, well, yeah, but he wouldn't have been able to like, yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't have been able to do any of it. Right. Uh, the first yeah. night they sleep in a house that doesn't have heat running, as you might've right. heard in the previous section, uh, I would have been, that would have been it for me. I would have given up. Let's dive into that again. Really. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we may. We yeah, may. We may. <laughs> I mean, yes, I agree with everything you said. I think in some ways that's why I would actually like to teach this one. Like I could a, see that. a whole class novel, because I think it's timely, right? Yep. It's fresh. Um, but it's also just so well written where a lot of the books that are picked for lit circles or for full class novels these days that are new and contemporary are just picked because they're topical. And so I yeah. think this would be a great place to say, hey, not only does this deal with current issues, but like, let's look at like, how a non a book that's not written at the fifth grade level yes. might read yeah. you know like um and i think that is one of the things that is missing one of the pieces missing in current language arts education is we look at i mean you know you look at data about reading and kids are high school kids are constantly reading below grade level well it's because we've shifted everything to these ya books that are at a fifth grade lexile you know i mean like how are they going to yeah read a more advanced thing yeah so anyway <clears throat> that's so, my soapbox so this is greg saying nothing but classics yeah in english education james joyce no. <laughs> from ninth grade on yeah no i mean i, I yeah I, there no, are all I, sorts of advantages but i just also giving them a challenge i think yes is. no i i agree completely that if you're not if the idea is <laughs> there are a lot of benefits to you should read things that you're interested in. You should yes. read things that are written for you. But, and this is, I think this is true having been an English teacher where you, you're doing independent reading. Right. You're doing it regularly enough and not to like one book a semester, Yeah. but you are constantly independent reading and changing books. The kid that keeps coming back with the next book in the fantasy series that they've yeah. been reading since they were 11. Yeah. Like, why don't you try here's there's another book in that world of yeah. fantasy, yeah. but it's going to be a little bit more complex, uh, yeah. complex, complex, complicated, whatever I want to say. Yeah. yeah, it's good. There's going to be more to it <clears throat> that pushes you outside of your comfort zone. Right. And I think you're you're and I think you're probably not wrong that in a lot of places you're losing that in the effort to get kids to read at all and right. to get them to see the value of right. li literacy. Right. Um we're losing that, like, you can also challenge yourself. Like, those right. two things are not uh, mutually exclusive. Right. Yeah. And no, this book was a, I'm, I'm glad you picked this one to start. Uh, this one was a real winner. Uh, I liked it quite a bit. Not again, not, I mean, man, saying your favorite YA of all time is pretty. Well, I don't no, know. No, I love it. I mean, but it's, it's, that it's it was, so, that it hit you that strongly. It did. I mean, whether, it's certainly a contender. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, <laughs> nobody's, I don't think anybody's approaching you. Uh, when they're asking you more about your wet nurse story at Mazel, they're not going to go, now give me your definitive <laughs> list. But like, it's in that yeah. realm of yeah. when you're thinking about great YA, yeah. this is up there for you. Yeah, I think That's it's awesome. fantastic. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. All right. Well, if you have thoughts on this book or anything we've talked about during this episode, make sure to send us an email to librarymediachatter at gmail.com. We're going to take a quick break, come back to wrap things up. This episode of Library Media Chatter is brought to you by Library Thermostats. 
Are you tired of being in a meat locker in the morning and a sauna in the <laughs> afternoon? Too bad. It turns out they're just sticks taped to cardboard <laughs> stuck to the wall. Thanks for nothing, library thermostats. <laughs> Welcome back to the podcast. We have just enough time for What's Next, where we highlight a new book we are excited about but have not yet read. So Dan, tell us, what is next for you? So this is one of the rare times that it is literally what's next. This is on my <laughs> desk already. As soon as I finish the book that I'm currently reading, possibly later today, I'm picking this book up. Uh, it is stamped from the beginning, a graphic history of racist ideas in America, adapted by Joel Christian Gill from the original book by Ibram X. Kendi. Not the YA adaptation, right. not the middle grade adaptation, but from the original um, and as part of this Dogwood, uh, not Dogwood, the Denny O'Neill Committee, um, mm. I had found this book out there in the world and school library journals said grades nine and up. So I thought even though it's adapted from the not the YA one, um, mm. I'm excited to read it and see how the graphic um, additions play into the story being told and the information being given. Uh, I love a nonfiction graphic novel. Uh, I also love a not a um, graphic novel adaptation of a prose novel. So I'm excited and curious uh, to read it and see if it's something to potentially recommend for that list and to buy for my libraries. Well, I we have really had a lot of success with our graphic novel nonfiction. So I'm excited to hear about this. Yeah, uh, stay tuned. Maybe that'll come up on a future episode. Or if it makes the uh, Denny O'Neill list, you'll know somebody must have liked that book. And they recommend <laughs> it. So with that, remember, read responsibly, use a bookmark.